0: Those take it in, service online. Don't forget, you can stay connected, hillsidechurch.us forward slash connect. Let us know on your uh, connection card how we can serve. And then hillsidechurch.us give. We'll keep you in mind. You can continue to give online. All right. Y'all ready for a little confession? This pastor runs red lights. Some of y'all run red lights, too. I hate to say it, and we have law enforcement here, all right, and online, so listen. But I'm skillful about it, and yeah, I am. Many people don't know this. If you know this, you know, and if you don't, you're welcome to, but it is a skill set. It can be crafted, this running of red lights. It began for me about 15 years ago. 15 years ago, um, down in Florida, all right. Down in Florida about 15 years ago, the county we lived in, in the panhandle near Destin, South Walton County, Florida. Their yellow... Lights, listen, remain yellow for five whole seconds. (laughs) Five seconds. You can count it. Five seconds. That was bad for me because, like I said, I can run red lights. And um, these, these yellow lights, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a little bit of a skill set. I, I had it going on, I, and, and I, I worked it to such a point that I just knew. Okay, it's green. You know, you begin to measure. I know what's happening. And boom, I'd hit it. Indiana, I'll just say this. It's not five seconds. It's a lot it's a lot quicker. There was a steep learning curve for me. My wife will let you know, it's, it's one of the most aggravating uh, parts of my driving. I mean, there's several things I think that can aggravate her about my driving, but the running of red lights um, is one of them. And I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting that. In fact, I'm, I'm in recovery. I'm trying <laughs> not, try not to be that pastor. I bring that up because it is, it is kind of an obscure way that the Lord began to speak to me about my life one time I was just spending my time in prayer and you know how it, it's not necessarily every day I'll hear something on the inside or sense a whisper from God but I sensed a whisper from God on this particular day and it really began to change the direction and course of my life the Lord the Lord came alongside me and he said listen Your driving corresponds with your life rhythms. You don't stop at red lights when it comes to living. Said you've got your foot to the metal day in and day out. You know, I love conversation with God, and so I just, you know, appropriately said, What's the problem? Isn't that how we're supposed to live? In the American dream, our call to live with the pedal to the metal all the time. And so the Lord began to just talk to me about that. He said, the the rhythm of your life is the same as the driving of your life. Paul, there are moments in life that there's a yellow light in front of you. And y'all know how the light system works, right? Green means? Yellow means? Red means stop. Some of you said stop twice. Y'all, that's over. Hey, you don't need to be doing that. <laughs> Green means go, yellow means stop, red means stop. No, not a mouse. My, <laughs> my, my, my life was, and some of y'all's driving. I see you. I see I see you driving. Green means go. Yellow means what? Go faster. Go faster. And red means see ya. And the Lord began to talk to me about my life. (laughs) You know, some of you, he's got to approach you a little more intellectually. He does that with me from time to time, but sometimes it's as clear as day. He just said, Paul, your rhythms correspond with your life, that you are so busy. You are so fast that you are losing sight of the people in front of you and how to be present in the moment. And some of you, you have a confession too. You, you may not be running the lights traffic pattern wise, but you're running the lights in your life. Like God, God's wanting to slow you down, He's wanting to cultivate within you a heart that can be at peace, that can be full of rest. That where Jesus gave the invitation come to me, all who are. Weary and exhausted and tired, and I will give you rest. I used to, my eschatology was all mixed up. I used to think about that verse like, yeah, that's, that's, that's in heaven. In fact, I used to go to youth conferences, and the, and the guys were like, yeah, we're going to have late night worship. Guess what? You can sleep in heaven. I was like, yeah, that what I'm going to do. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. And the Lord's like, no, 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 run for the hills and, you know, slow down. I bring this up because I want to talk about this today and the next few weeks. I want to just introduce to us the discipline of rest in our lives. And here's the irony. The last two weeks have not been the most restful. (laughs) They've been full weeks, but full weeks are okay. And full schedules are okay in seasons, but not as a lifestyle. Not as a lifestyle. We as a culture are often consumed with busyness. I could be the king of multitasking. It also just so happens that I can be the king of forgetting the conversation (laughs) because I was multitasking. We live in a distracted age, a distracted time, and I believe God is calling for us to slow down. Listen, I want to tell you, my first week, first not week, forgive me, first year of marriage, my schedule was very holy. Y'all want to see how holy it was? I want to show you how holy it was. I think we could bring it up. If we got that in. Yeah, look at this. First year of marriage. It was holy. All right, holy. Look at that. Sunday night, I led middle school youth. Monday night, off. Tuesday night, worship practice. Wednesday night, I assisted with high school youth. Thursday night, I assisted with young adults. Friday day and night, off. Saturday night, church. Listen, y'all may be like, that's a great schedule. No, it's not. (laughs) Because every day was filled with work as well. There was no shutting down. There was no slowing down. And it's into that schedule that the Lord began to whisper to my soul, Paul, you are running red lights. You're running red lights in your life, and you may think that you can sustain this pace. But the Lord had to shift some areas of my soul to invite me away from being a human doing to be a human being. Part of our discipleship in Christ Part of our discipleship in Christ is being able to rest well. It's being able to slow down, to calm down, to be at peace. Your schedule may not look like that. You know, like I said, mine was pretty holy. You know what I mean? But kids' sports programs, kids' dance activities for you parents, for some of you, community event upon community event, upon church event, church event, community event, you name it. It's no problem for you to fill up your schedule. But can I tell you, part of our discipleship in Christ is to live with His promises here and now. I know we as a church, we talk about a lot about the words of Jesus. You know that's very important. We read a lot from Scripture, <clears throat> our small groups study, learn, grow in Scripture with the Spirit, learning and growing. But part of our discipleship is not just to know Jesus' words, it's to walk in His ways. Jesus was never in a hurry. I can tell you all really enjoying this. Okay, I'll continue. Jesus was never in a hurry. I mean, I shared in the ministry moment, Bartimaeus, if if I'm one of the disciples, I'm coaching Jesus. You don't have time for that. Somebody needs healing, you don't have time for that. Listen, we got to go to A, to B, to C, to D. We got to get you to Galilee. We got to get you, you know, over here. You got to spend some time in Jerusalem. Let's get this plan going. Jesus is living with the value of his heavenly father over his life. He's not trying to appease or be approved by others. He's at rest with who God's called for him to be. So much of my schedule in my early years was to win the approval and to appease others. (coughs) In our discipleship, we want to pull you away from having to live for the approval of others and to appease others. I want to invite you Contemplate some of these thoughts to to begin to slow down, to begin to even think about that. Because <clears throat> in our culture, we do have a problem. Busyness is a problem. But here's the struggle. Here's my real struggle with busyness. It feels say feels with me. One, two, three. Feels. It feels right in our culture, like in America. If you're busy. Come on, I'll bring up some of these thoughts. Busyness equals importance. Busyness equals productivity. Busyness gives us a sense that we're moving life forward. Busyness gives us an approval before God. And man, my schedule's busy. You know, I could do a lot of activity and I can... I can feel valued, and I can have this approval from God. <clears throat> I am, personality test, in the Enneagram personality test, I'm what's called a three. Y'all just don't know it, else you would have gasped, but I'm what's called a three. And this is called the achiever personality. Here's why that means something for this message and for the few weeks we're going to share on rest and learn about rest. If we could bring up the quote, I'm going to put some perspective your way. So my personality type, threes are self-assured, attractive. Look, I didn't come up with this. It's just what it says. (laughs) And charming. We could stop there. (laughs) It's all in their head. All right, threes, we're ambitious, we're competent, we're energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised. You're welcome. But can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. At their best, though, they're self-accepting, authentic. Everything seems to be They're role models who inspire others. At their worst, they're workaholics. They never shut down. They never stop. We're always thinking, always moving forward, always wanting to reach the next goal, the next attainment. Provide some perspective. 15 years ago, when the Holy Spirit began to speak to me on this area, before I'd ever heard of whatever that is, Enneagram. <laughs> the Lord said, you are running red lights. Not only can busyness feel right, but for many of us, irrespective of our personality, we have what's called FOMO, fear of missing it's a real fear of missing out. And then for you parents in the room, you have that fear for your kids. Well, if I don't get them started now, they may not get that athletic scholarship. If I, if I, don't, if I don't get them involved now, whoo, they may be missing out. If I don't keep us all busy, 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 are we really productive? Are we really valuable? Because when I get on social media and I saw all of what y'all do and it's like, ooh, I got to Do I measure up? It's a cry of the human heart. And one of the greatest points and parts of our discipleship is to rest in the affection of God over our life. There's two ways to live spiritually. Some people live waiting for heaven when God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant you have permission to flip the script. Jesus, before he did one act of ministry, received the Father's affection over his life. At his baptism, the Holy Spirit descended and empowered him for ministry. What were the words the Father said? Here is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We don't have to achieve We can be restful, mindful of the goodness of God over our lives. Scripturally, Genesis 2, 1 through 3. These will come up. Genesis 2, 1 through 3 says something profound. Genesis 1 gives us the incredible creation account. God spoke. Universes were created, and they have not stopped. God created the earth. He brought the order into the chaos that was and created creation, the seven-day account. Genesis 2, we get the same account, but a little more nuanced. Genesis 2, 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Two words, one thought. God rested. Do you just think about that, what that means for you theologically. The God who loves you and that you love, rested. He wasn't contemplating what needed to get done, what more he could prove, or what more he could do. After he was done doing all the things he needed to do, he said, now's a good time to rest. Instilled in... This faith that you and I have received within the Jewish faith, the people of God, all the way through re- revealed the fulfillment of the Messiah, Christ, to all we've experienced. The second chapter in, the third verse, we're given this profound peace of God's nature. He takes naps. He kicks back. He rests. Maybe we could have a little of that in our life. Maybe we could have some permission to pause. Maybe we can schedule some things in our life to take delight and to enjoy, to be at peace. Anxiety is a big deal. Depression is a big deal. Seasons of sadness and grief are a big deal. Some of them are caused by earthquake events. Sometimes some of them are sustained by a habit of busyness, by a habit of striving, by a habit of achieving. You see, God knew clearly. I want you to think about it. God knew clearly what he had to do. Listen, I'm making the heavens and the earth. He knew clearly, but here's what he knew. There was also a finish moment to his work there was a full stop these things are great aren't they I mean they're great they're also addictive a lot of good but they need a lot of boundaries a lot of good They need a lot of boundaries. Hypothetically, you pair an Enneagram 3 with an iPhone, they may not know when to shut down. They may need to establish some healthy boundaries. You pair your personality with what is the meta- Verse, formerly known as Facebook. You pair that with certain personality types. That little like button gets the dopamine going in our brains. We start feeling very, very happy. So what do we do? We begin clicking, 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 clicking. And it keeps our minds busy, busy, busy. You know, one of the things I'm having to explain to my daughter is, Bored is not bad. Being bored is a gift. I'm pretty sure Albert Einstein was bored. You know, I'm sure glad Henry Ford was bored. I mean, some of the greatest innovations come because of boredom. Rest gives place to boredom. But we can be, I'm not saying you are, but we can be in need to be reminded that to follow God means to also walk and live within his rhythms of living. And God, Genesis 2, 1 through 3, says by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. My inner evangelist is concerned. And you know, I'm not as concerned with the sin of our culture. I am, don't misread me, and my own life. Let me not act like I'm on the outside looking in. No. All of us, right, need the mercy of God. I'm really concerned. Really concerned. I'm deeply troubled but the obsession to stay busy. I don't know if people can hear the gospel properly anymore. They read about the love of God, and then 30 seconds later, they have to check something. They have to send a text, read an email, go to an activity, be at an event, that they never can be off to simply receive the love of God. Kelly and I joke, joke, around, uh, joke, joke about it. We joke around how much we, we used to love worship music. And I remember the Lord reminded me of these, these tender moments in my youth of how I would go to uh, youth group, which was just an all-out blast, had a great time. Then I would go home, and about my junior and senior year, I would, have a, I would get the CD in the CD player, or you know, I would still drop that cassette in and hit play. And I would just worship. In my room. Boredom makes you do things. <laughs> like, sometimes, we're so ADD, so to speak. We've got spiritual attention deficit disorder. Because we just keep, we're just busy, 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 busy. There may be an invitation. Jesus may be calling you. Be bored. Get a little boredom going on I'm trying to instill with our daughters like I said babe we we can keep our schedule going we can keep keep it flowing but one of my mandates over my life if I want to be an intentional father I have to talk to my daughters and I have to show them how to rest like I got to show them because guess what I'm coaching them now for the schedule they have in their future like I may be I may be praying over them I'm which I do you know the dad sneaking in the room, praying, don't wake up, honey. This will be weird. And I'm just <laughs> calling out promises over them, blessing them, you know. Only woke up one time. It's good. They've been, they've been asleep. I've learned to whisper my prayers over them. But I can pray over them. I can bring them to church, which we do. But can I tell you, what they're going to know is the dinner table. Come to think of it. When was the last time you sat at the dinner table? When's the last time we had a meal together? When's the last time we talked together? Can can you get a glimpse? Can you see a pace? Can you read in the Gospels that the culture they lived in, I'm convinced if you dropped them in this culture, they would be like, this is a living hell. (laughs) You mean to tell me You're gonna sleep with a what next to your bed? What? What? You're gonna have alarm clocks? That's another story. I'm not I'm promoting be prompt, be on time, all that. That's good. But they're gonna be like, you what? You don't get up when the sun gets up? Oh no. You don't go to sleep when the sun goes down? No. We have artificial light. What is this thing you call? Artificial light. I'm just, you know, I'm just poking the bear this morning. But I'm I'm encouraging us. Some of us need to be set free from the trap of the enemy over our schedules. We have really good intentions, and I mean that I have really good intentions. But can I tell you, we've got to learn to calm ourselves, to slow ourselves down, to lean deep in this theological book that when you read, Isaiah would say, Isaiah would call out the people of Israel. He would say, in quietness. And rest is your salvation. what so he's calling out the people of Israel. I love that part. I love that part. And quietness, quietness and rest is your salvation. It's, it's the place of being still. Paul, it's the place of you keep running red lights, you will never know that I'm God. If you keep pushing through, if you go faster, every yellow light, if you keep running those lights, you will never know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And quietness and rest is your salvation. And then this punch in the gut. I'm just quoting the prophet, okay? But you would have none of it that's one of the indictments it's all it's all really good news i love the prophets all of them were killed it's great really good (laughs) including jesus but the prophets in isaiah he says in quietness and rest quietness and rest rest you could use the word trust quietness and trust is your salvation but you would have none of it come on aren't you glad you came this morning Here's what I want us to do. We're gonna, I'm done. We're closing. We're up. But I've got a prayer. Like I said, I'm idealistic as a pastor. I've got two prayers for you inside of your worship guide. But I've got a prayer from Scripture. It's simple. Those online, I want you to participate as well. We'll share it. You'll be able to have it on your phone <laughs> or otherwise. Very simple. Psalm 90, verse 12. I don't want you to do anything with today's message except say this prayer twice a day. Think you can do that? Say this prayer in the morning and in the evening. Have your quiet time. Have your cup of coffee. Slow roll these words out of a Psalm Moses wrote, Psalm 90. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That's it. I don't need you whipping out a calendar. Pastor said, rest. Here's the deal. We're canceling everything. No, 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 no. (laughs) Some of you may need to do that, but that's not, don't don't misread. Listen, I've got a couple more weeks to give you, excuse me, something tangible, some ideas for you. But before we do any of that, we've got to pray. Prayer prepares the soil of our soul. I got a lot I could share with you, but your heart's not ready. I'm not saying that in a rude way. I'm in the same boat. It's been a 15 year journey, y'all. I still run me some red lights, man. Some, some of that, you just, it's the thrill of it. But it's not healthy. It's not healthy. You can run the red lights God has set up in your life. You can. You, listen, you, you will make it to heaven running red lights. You'll prob- yeah. You will probably get there faster, that's true. I, I receive that word, all right? I, I humble myself. Yes, thank you. Anne's in our small group too, thank you, that's great. Wednesday night, Sunday, boom, no, I'm kidding, all right, this is the deal. We can, we can run the red lights God set up in our soul. But can I tell you, we won't experience the rich, good life Jesus has for us here and now. When I run red lights, I handle stress very poorly. When I run the red lights, the holy red lights that God has set up for me, I mismanage people. I'm no longer compassionate. I'm no longer tender. I no longer get to hear the side of the story of the person that's infuriating the fire out of me. I'm short. I'm snappy. I'm rude. Just human nature. But God has invited us to number our days. Lady Wisdom calls out to us all through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs talks a lot about work talks a lot about being fruitful, being faithful, being consistent. But it also reminds us not to fall for the traps of the culture around us. Carl Jung, a famous Christian psychologist, would say, busyness isn't of the devil. It is the devil. <laughs> and I used to think, man, he's all messed up with poor theology. and You know, my inner Pharisee, it happens. And... Um, 20 years removed from first studying some of that, I recognized, wow, that is an enemy in my soul. It's to not be still and know that I am God. So that's it. That's it. Listen, that's it. Twice a day. We got it looking good in your worship guide? It's the shortest prayer you may pray every day. But just do it for this week. That's all I ask. Seven days. You can do it. Listen, I'm not asking you to Fast. That's in January. Not asking you to fast now. We're going to feast. Come on, November is here, y'all. But I want to invite you, heading into a crazy season. Am I right or am I right? I want you to ask the Lord, teach me, God, to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. We need God's help in this area of our lives. We need to have time to be present with people. We need to be able to share the gospel with people around the meal. We need to be able to pause and share the truth and the love and the hope of God. But if we're not careful, we're just moving, 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 moving. Let's pray. God, help us.